0: Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about everyday things. One thing we can promise you is that our light conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can feel free to listen or drift off and fall asleep. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano.
1: And I'm your co-host, Nidhi Khanna. As always, you can connect with us online by tweeting at listen and sleep. We'd be happy to see what you have to say about our program and topics of conversation.
0: And thank you to everyone who's subscribed to our podcast that we air twice a week on Wednesdays and on Sundays for you.
1: Marco, the other day, I was at getting my driver's license renewed at at the Ministry Ministry
0: of Transportation, or the DMV in the U.S.
1: You got it. And the lineups, no matter what time of day you go, always seem to be quite long. Sure. And it made me start to think, what, as I'm standing in this... 45-minute line.
0: Oftentimes there's a line to to get get into the line so people will line up prior to it being open and then when the doors open, you go from an outdoor line to To an an indoor indoor line. line
1: And there's tickets and then you have to um, figure... You were saying, sorry. That's okay. Um, It made me think about what do others think about or how do they get themselves um, preoccupied during this waiting time. Sure. People t- have
0: different sort of, um, I don't want to say protocols, but different sort of ceremonies or different rituals. sort of things, rituals that they do when they're in a long lineup, whether it be at the department of motor vehicles or
1: passport,
0: passport offices, or even sometimes in a grocery line, yes. it could feel quite
1: like quite an eternity. Long.
0: It's interesting. You should say that. Um, I know for myself it's a great time for me to check text messages. Or I'm often listening to podcasts now. And it makes the time go by. I don't want to say quicker, but I get less angry.
1: That's true. Because there's something about the act of waiting that can be very frustrating. Mm -hmm. However, with the right tools, I can find some enjoyment in it.
0: Sure, I tell me more.
1: Well, I think waiting in line is actually the only time that you can really you have zero to do. There's nothing you can do and as such you can kind of just enjoy
0: being, not having a million things going on.
1: Exactly.
0: And just sort of being with yourself or taking that moment to just Breathe, relax, look around, see what's going on.
1: I find other people fascinating, watching sure. other people and their interactions with one another. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to catch up on some reading.
0: Sure. Oh, I love I love forced time for yourself. Yes. So for me, that time, and sometimes it involves waiting in a line, but more often than not, it's being on the streetcar or on a bus where you're going somewhere there's nothing you can do until you get there and you just pull a book out from your backpack or your bag, your rucksack whatnot and start to read and you've got anywhere from five minutes so a quick paragraph or chapter to a half hour ride where you can get a nice dent into your book and it allows you to tune out or it allows me I should say to tune out everyone around me and how packed this mode of transportation can be or how cold or warm or hot it is outside and just focus on the words that are on the page
1: I agree Marco I agree I find it's also a time where probably before the internet and before our mobile technology, I'm sure people used to start talking in lines with one another, and it would be a good opportunity to communicate with your
0: fellow, fellow man. fellow yes. Yeah. You know, I love how in the UK you notice this a lot more than you do in North America, how they call lines cues.
1: Yes. Why did and- they do that?
0: That's a great, great question. I love the way Q is spelt. There's something about its spelling that always makes me, and it's, I'm going to get you to spell it because I know I'll mess it up, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting spelling of a word and a word that has lost or never really had a strong significance here in North America, but in Britain and parts of, the English speaking world that's tied to the United Kingdom, they continue to use that word.
1: And the word Q mm-hmm. is actually spelled Q U E U E.
0: So it's got a, a, a plentitude of vowels in it there. It
1: does. I it think does. that's one of the
0: reasons I love it, because only the Q is a non vowel in that whole word.
1: You're absolutely right. It's, uh, it's one of those words that you would expect to show up on some sort of standardized testing or.
0: Crossword puzzle. Quadru-
1: yes, it's a trick word. Really. Because you could also spell Q as C U E. As
0: in a cue that you give someone who is on stage or in front of a camera.
1: Or a billiard cue.
0: Right? Right, so there you go. It's interesting uh, to find out the etymology of Q as it pertains to a lineup. Um, And interesting how those other spellings of Q, that being a Q for a person to go on or a Q as in in billiards, doesn't have the letter Q in it. Whereas Q to indicate a lineup does have the letter Q in it. I find that aspect of linguistics to be quite fascinating.
1: You know, the word cue, Marco.
0: In reference to a lineup.
1: A lineup. Actually comes from the French word. Oh. Cue that means tail.
0: I had no idea. How
1: fascinating is That's
0: that? That's great. So and what's interesting is I know in Italian, you often refer to a lineup as a coda, which means a tail, or can mean tail as well.
1: See, that makes a lot of sense now. I think we've cracked, we've cracked that, that mystery. That
0: etymological uh, code yes. of that particular word. I wouldn't say I enjoy being in queues or lineups, but. I also have found it best to just ease into it and not get stressed and it may not go quicker but it certainly won't feel as long as if you're perturbed in the lineup.
1: That's very true. Marco, I'd like to know, you're wearing today a very comfortable and cozy looking sweater. Yes. Are sweaters a staple part of your wardrobe? Is it something... Do you gravitate towards a sweater when you're looking through your closet and figuring out what you want to wear in the morning? Or is it something that you just throw on because you have to, because you know it might be a little chilly at some point?
0: I love sweaters okay I love wearing sweaters I certainly love when I can solely wear a sweater to go out and not have to put a jacket on it which is which happens in parts of the uh, parts of the uh, the year Mm -hmm. you know they say there are sweater people and there are people who don't like sweaters I really love sweaters Uh, I love wool sweaters I know a lot of people find wool sweaters to be itchy and i even like turtleneck sweaters i like sweaters that are thin i like i like to even wear sweaters in the summertime a light cotton oh. white sweater when you're going out
1: okay there's
0: something about a sweater that i've always found that i like it makes me feel very comfortable i do have sweaters that i have that i love i have one particular sweater that I have that's over 20 years old. Oh, wow. It's a Benetton sweater and it's one of those sweaters that gets better with age. So the more I wear it, it's a black cable knit sweater that I purchased years and years ago and uh, I don't know if it's the quality of the wool or the cotton, I should say, but as it aged, it faded in such a way that it looks better it's got a little fraying around the sleeve but it frayed in a perfect way as if I purchased it to have that little touch of fray to it it's softer and much more comfortable when I originally bought it which I loved when I it was a beautiful rich dark black when I bought it and now it's a charcoal gray black mm. and I'll wear it and it immediately puts me in a good mood I'm nostalgic when I wear it. It's a cable knit sweater, so it's never really gotten out of style. Right. And it is one of my absolute favorite things that you will find in my wardrobe. How about you, Nidhi? Are you a sweater person?
1: I am a sweater person. I like very big, oversized sweaters. Okay. Uh, I enjoy wearing... Leggings, particularly in the winter. Okay. Um, and so I like having leggings with a very oversized, chunky, very warm sweater that to me is very comforting. Sure. Relaxing. Um, and I like them to be very thick sweaters I that I can, even on a cold day, just wear the sweater over a bundle of layers of clothing and feel really warm. Yeah.
0: I think in colder climates like Canada, one gets an appreciation for a warm sweater. That said, I received one of my favorite sweaters from my mother-in-law, Valerie, and it was a beautiful cashmere sweater. And I loved the sweater. It just felt so wonderful, luxurious. It just... It was never too hot or too cold. It always seemed to regulate my temperature perfectly. And we had some moths.
1: Oh, no. I know where this is going. Oh,
0: And they had a little feast on the sweater. I guess cashmere is something that moths love. And so when I put it on, there was a bunch of holes in it. And I was so, so sad because I had worn it. I had worn it. A good amount of time so I didn't feel that the sweater as my good friend Dale says owed me anything mm. uh, but I, I love that sweater so my wife Amanda told her mother Valerie that it was damaged by these insects and so the following Christmas I received a beautiful black cashmere sweater.
1: Oh, wonderful.
0: And this Christmas, I received another beautiful sweater, and so I make a point of putting it in a Ziploc bag after yes. every use, and...
1: Do you put some mothballs in that
0: I, I, I don't. I don't because I don't like... The smell? The smell of mothballs, and I find if I put it on, it put it in the bag, it's... Once I've finished wearing it or once it's been cleaned, I have no troubles with moths. Right. I'm wondering if there's any tricks or tools that our listeners have with regards to keeping your sweaters safe from moths and and things that ruin your sweaters. If they do, feel free to give us those tips and we'll share them with our listeners at Listen and Sleep. I do have a cardigan that I love. That the moth ate a little hole where the button is, so my button came out. Oh. But I feel like if I stitch it properly, you won't see. I'm not a good sewer, is my problem. Are you a good sewer, Nitty?
1: You know, I learned to sew at a very young age in oh, you school. Did? Really? Randomly. In,
0: um, in grade school?
1: In grade school. Oh, wow. We did a sewing project, and I believe, well, my mother and I were actually sorting out some old boxes from years ago. Um, some storage boxes. And I found this little sewing project that I did when I must have been in grade two or three. Sure. Um, and it was a pillowcase. Okay. That we had sewed with. I mean, it was terrible sewing. Right. But grade two, so I guess I was not very old. Right. So, um, it was, uh, a very thick, like, long stitch, and for years I never sewed, um, sort of growing up, like, I never hemmed my own clothing or, or repaired my own clothing by sewing. However, recently I have started doing that again.
0: Oh, okay. With
1: a very basic... Stitch? Stitch. Uh, just a cross-stitch, and it made me feel like I would be interested in learning how to make clothes, because that's a huge trend in Toronto and fashion right now. It's the do-it-yourself clothing phenomenon, and so they have a lot of these... Pop-up stores, or that where you can reserve a time slot with some friends, and some of these places are licensed with alcohol, and so you can enjoy a drink and learn how to make some clothes. Um, so that would be something
0: fascinating. I had no idea. I know that there were such. Sewing bars? What would you call them? I,
1: I don't know. A slow, yeah, I guess so. Sewing parties. Right. Um, so, I would love to make my own clothes because I think that I, could, I would be able to do that now. Sure. However, I have never used a sewing machine. I see. So, I know how to hand so, sew okay. or repair a piece, an article of clothing. Through a hand stitch, however, I think if I were to make my own clothes, you would have to be able to use a sewing machine.
0: I would think it would certainly make things faster by using. Be. I know that just the other day I was looking for black thread mm-hmm. in order to sew this button, because you know, oftentimes you'll get a little sewing kit from. Uh, a hotel or wherever you happen to be and it only gives you so much black thread and generally speaking that's the thread that I use and go through. And so I realized I need black thread for this cardigan that has a hole in it but I wanted to get a good quality thread. Yes. And I was at one of these dollar store type places and I could tell that the thread was not was
1: I'm not going
0: to do it. Just wasn't too good quality, thin. too thin and too like it had little piles in it too, so you can right. tell the thread isn't of of a standard that you would like, and especially for a color that you will you know you will use again and again. So I'm like where does one go to get a good quality thread? And I was thinking there must be some threads that are better than others that professional tailors and seamstresses and people who are in the fashion world like to use and so now I'm on a bit of a quest Nitty, to find a good quality black thread spool because that's mm-hmm. what you call the little item that the thread is on for those people who have never had occasion to use or buy thread so I'm on a mission to find a good quality spool of thread
1: and I believe that those type of threads might be available in, like, a fashion district area. Sure. I know that I've gotten threads from Fabricland before, okay. which is a Canadian retailer. I right. believe it's Canadian. Maybe it exists in the States as well, where you can buy tons of fabric and different types of fabric right, for of all course. uses. And there they have sewing thread as well.
0: As, as you, as you, would, you imagine. would imagine.
1: So I've bought good quality thread from there, but I think you do need to go to some sort of specialty store sure. within a fashion context, I guess, isn't fashion area perhaps, to get the latest and greatest of, course. of threads. You
0: know, we were talking about collections a few episodes back, and... Um, I know a lot of people. I think it was episode three. We talked about my former salt and pepper yes, collection. Yes, of but course. I know. There was a time, or it probably still exists, where people were collecting thimbles.
1: Oh!
0: Have you ever heard of that? So you'd go no. to different cities and different countries, and rather than get a spoon,
1: you get with, a thimble. You
0: get a thimble with that with that country or city's name on it.
1: Now I know that my brother used to have a collection of shot glasses from different cities, okay. but never thimbles.
0: Yeah, thimbles, and uh, you know it's funny because you don't really hear that word even being used no, very it's much. it's a
1: strange word
0: uh, anymore. And uh, I'm sure there's people who've never even seen or used a thimble. Um, so it's 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 quite interesting to see. These items that are used for a specific task that are kind of, you know, leaving leaving their once predominant impression on the world that you don't see them anymore. It's Do true. you remember my mom had one of these things? It was a little, oh, I wish I knew what you'd call it, but a little thing you would put, a pin cushion, that's what I'm trying to say, Yes. a pin cushion, and it looked like a tomato. Have you ever seen this oh, pin cushion? Well
1: I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll have to put up a picture of, of this on our, on our Twitter, Twitter account, feed. Uh, Twitter yeah. feed, and, uh, it was a tomato that had a little, little tomato, or a little pepper attached to it, and you would just put your pins in this pin cushion, And it was one of those things that you see as a kid, and you're like, oh, that looks like a cute little thing that you want to play with or whatnot. And, of course, it has pins in it, so you're not allowed to play with this pincushion. But uh, gone by the wayside is the pincushion and the thimble, I would say.
1: It's true. Although, that's what we said about the Dewey decibel system. That's true. And...
0: Turns out, thanks to Carrie in Halifax, that it is a classification system that is used by the Library of Congress, so it may just may just be, you know, not in the common practice, but it's still very useful. And I'm sure if you speak to various people who work in tailoring, they'll tell you that both the thimble and the pincushion are vital tools that they have in their arsenal and that they use every day as they make wonderful clothes for all of us to wear.
1: Marco, I have friends who are now knitting. Oh, yes. And knitting has become something that's trending again. I uh, I see that you are actually...
0: I'm sh- actually grabbing a sweater, sweater that was hand-knit. Because as Nick, he said that I have a sweater that was just behind me that was hand-knit. And uh, it's... A, a beautiful brown sweater. I'm just gonna let you feel it. It and it's the oh, wow. cable net as well. Who
1: knit this? This is my you?
0: mother knit me. She,
1: Your mother knit yeah. this for you. That's
0: she's really talented amazing. when it comes to knitting and needlework and anything to do with this kind of.
1: I find it very interesting because knitting is something I also learned.
0: Oh, as a did child. you really?
1: I don't know how to do it anymore. Right. I learned many things as a child. Sure, that it sounds like you. <laughs> no God. longer. Have much place for. However, it's interesting because like they have those clothing, learn how to clothe sure. and make clothes places. They have a ton of knitting places now too where people just come and knit and it's kind of like knitting clubs.
0: Yeah, and you can learn how to knit something relatively simple like a scarf, let's say. And then the more you do it the better you are at it. And that's when you can go on to other challenges, whether it be a toque or a, a different kind of hat, let's say. And then you could move on to sweaters and whatnot.
1: Marco, the most original thing that I received from a friend, my friend Diana, knit me a... um cozy to put onto my coffee cup.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Because I have one of those coffee cups that you can take to the cafe and she knit me one of those cozies. Oh, that's wonderful. Individual ones. So thank you, Diana.
0: I know that my sister-in-law Becca also is a avid knitter and she's knit quite a few things that we lovingly receive from her. So to all our knitters out there, we want to thank you for knitting especially knitting for people like Nitty, and for listening on our podcast or to our podcast
1: as always we are broadcasting from Toronto and our show is produced by Drumcast Productions thank you for listening and until the next time